Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Back at it again. It's another edition of the NUC NFL Draft Bible Podcast Show. We are breaking it down, getting you ready for the 2016 NFL Draft. Just 288 days away. NFL announcing the NFL calendar for the upcoming season. April 28th through April 30th will be the 2016 NFL Draft at a place to be determined. So we have a lot of good updates this week here on the NUC Sports. Website counting you down, getting ready for the upcoming season, and to do that, we're going to welcome uh, welcome in the stars of the show in just a minute. But uh, because we are commercial free and we bring it to you live and raw, cut nonstop, can't stop, won't stop. I uh, do want to get in a couple of promotional things to make you aware of. And those of you tuning in for the first time, we appreciate you. Uh, we've cranked through all the offensive uh, preview positions for the upcoming 2016 NFL Draft. And uh, today we will begin kicking off the defensive side of the ball with defensive linemen. And uh, if you've been following us on Twitter at NFL Draft Bible or at NUC Football or even on our Facebook pages, uh, then you know I said we'll be doing some giveaways today. So let's have at that first uh, right now. NUCGold.com, we are doing some giveaways uh, for you to uh, get some cool stuff and on board with the NFL Draft Bible. So uh, uh, first, there's a promotional code, my personal code, RIC2015. If you want to receive a 20% discount on any membership, monthly or annual, what we're going to do here today, uh, give you something to go along with that discount. So if you... Uh, would like to sign up for a monthly membership. We're going to give you a choice of a Giants Super Bowl DVD. Okay, so uh, email me your proof of uh, trans D and uh, we'll get you a free Giants DVD. RIC at NFLDraftBible.com. And if you go all this annual membership, we will give you a free NFL jersey of your choice from what we have in stock. I know we have a couple of uh, jerseys to give away from our sponsor up at Miami Mike's in East Hanover, New Jersey. I know DeMarco Murray, Nizama Kong Sioux, Dolphins jersey. I think we have uh, maybe an Odell Beckham jersey laying around. So uh, we have a bunch of jerseys. If you're interested, go all access, get your 20% discount, RIC 2015, and then you're getting a gift valued at $100. So uh, can't beat that deal. And you gold.com promo code RIC2015, and then uh, monthly or annual will give you the choice of the DVD or uh, brand new night jersey. Also, uh, if you're interested, we are starting up a new 24 7, 365 football broadcast network uh, affiliation with I 95 Sports. If that's something you are interested in, for all of you out there that host or produce a podcast looking for 
uh, a bigger audience, uh, please contact me once again, the email RIC at NFLDraftBible.com for that one. And uh, we are brought to you by our good friends at MyFantasyLeague.com. Turn $10 into $100 right now. And we're going to kick off our 2016 defensive line preview show. We'll also rub the crystal balls around and, and look into the future. But uh, we're going to break it down. Best prospects in America, regardless of draft class, something unique that we're doing here and posting all of our draft rankings uh, very shortly on the new NFLDraftBible.com. Make sure you check that out. I know uh, Tyler Mace was on the beat today with the NFL conference call and Bill Polian. Interesting new article about his comments yesterday on the potential NFL developmental league. We'll get reaction from that uh, in case you missed Jim Fossil's comments, Bill Polian's comments. We'll, uh, we'll have a new article about the potential of an NFL-endorsed developmental league, something severely lacking, and the uh, international fall championships taking place in Canton, Ohio. What does it mean for American football and the future globally? Will this be an Olympic sport? Where will be the next uh, markets the NFL looks to break into internationally? I got my finger on the pulse with this one. A uh, lot of good nuggets coming your way. All new NFLDraftBible.com. I am your host, Rick Saratella. Now, let's welcome in the stars of the show. First off, Fresh out the barbershop. Tell us what you learned with the barbershop talk. Our senior NFL draft analyst, Joe Everett, in the house, never leaving a stone uncovered, bringing you the names you need to know first. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing great. Getting the fresh scoop, and it's all about defensive linemen. I think this is the quality of the class outside of the running backs and wide receivers we talked about. Tons of defensive tackles and speed rushers. This is a really, really good group. Really deep, really talented, and also joining in the show for the defensive preview positional breakdowns, the good Reverend Ralph Mancini, always preaching the good gospel of the NFL Draft Bible. We welcome him into the show. How we doing, Rev? Long time no chat. Hey, Rick. How's it going? It's hot and muggy here in the Northeast, but those trade, those draft winds are always blowing hot and heavy at the NFL Draft Bible. Let's do it. All right, let's kick into it, fellas. July 16th, 2015. Uh, let's take a look ahead at the 2016 NFL Draft, and we're going to start off with the defensive tackles, fellas. And, you know, a uh, lot of big names to discuss. Let's talk about the top guys on your board. We'll kick it off with you, Joe Everett. Uh, let's run down your top three guys at the defensive tackle position. Who you got? Well, I think it's uh, underclassmen. It, this this is littered with underclassmen. Uh, Kim Dietschy from Ole Miss. It depends on where you want to slot him, uh, but he's just a, a monster of a man. He's chiseled from a slab of marble. He's got an NFL body. He's got the game. He commands a double team. I uh, criticize him that last year was a bit of a down season, but I think it's that added extra attention that the rest of the SEC offensive linemen gave him. Um, I, I think he definitely kicks off the conversation. You can put him at in, you can put him at tackle, just put him anywhere. He's going to improve a defense and 
The other guy, I think it's the Aishon Robinson, Alabama. He was a consensus All-American as a freshman at Bama. Uh, honorable mention, All-SEC last season, maybe have uh, suffered from a similar down season as a, as a sophomore last year. But another guy, he just disrupts things. He knows how to harass a quarterback. He's got these great rip moves on the inside that – I just don't see how that's not going to work at the next level. And it's hard not to see uh, the reminiscence of a former Saban recruit, Marcel Darius. So when you watch a Sean Robinson, I think those, those two have to start the conversation just because I mean, how uh, much of an instant impact I think they could make. Yeah, without question. And Robert and Kandice, I mean, there's a guy highly recruited out of high school doesn't necessarily have the stats, Ralph, but what this kid brings to the table for the Mississippi defense, as Joe uh, mentioned, he, you can move him almost like a chess piece, can play so many different positions, going to command double teams, open up lanes for other pass rushers, and maybe doesn't get all the glitz, the glamour, the publicity, but uh, is this guy, hands down, the number one defensive tackle as we enter the draft preseason hype? Well, I think he has the ability to the, physical, the raw physical tools to be one, to be that guy that you're talking about. But I don't think he's there yet. I mean, he has looked better playing inside at defensive tackle than he has on the edges. But overall, he's not consistently good. He's not consistently the player that we envision him to be, the player that he can be potentially. Uh, the former five-star recruit struggles getting off of blocks, uh, you know, in, in the times that I've watched him play. And, you know, he's, he's a tick late on plays where he does penetrate the backfield. Uh, what I do like about him, I like his balance. I like his lateral skills to get down the line and pursue ball carriers. But, again, he's raw, and he may not need one, but maybe two years before he's ready for the next level. Uh, I think he needs to work on his conditioning. Uh, at times he appears a bit heavy-footed, a bit heavy-legged, so... I think the skills and the tools are there. I just want to see him bring it more consistently. All right, very good, Ralph. So then when we top the defensive tackle rankings, in your estimation, who are some of the other guys that should be on the radar? Talking about uh, for potential first-round picks, early day two selections, who are some of the guys on your radar that our listeners should be aware of? Well, if you're talking about defensive tackles, um, one person uh, that I like, and you know, he might he might end up being a, a second or third round pick, uh, depending on you know how how well he plays in 2015, and that's Adolphus Washington out of out of Ohio State. He could play both defensive end and defensive tackle. Uh, I look at him, and he's got good hand usage to throw blockers off balance. He has those long arms that you're looking for, and he generally stays on his feet. I mean, you watch him play, and he's got that balance. Uh, he doesn't get knocked off his feet a lot, and that's always a positive. He, and when he plays inside, he also has the strength to control his man, shed him, and then tackle the oncoming ball carrier. Washington's not a two-gapper. He struggles versus double teams. Um, but, uh, and the other thing about him, he does tend to give up on some plays, uh, but I like his quickness off the snap. And the, the one thing that I would say he needs to work on in 2015 is he needs to extend those arms a little bit more to prevent blockers from getting inside him. 
Yeah, you know, you mentioned uh, Washington from Ohio State. That kid is just one of numerous Buckeyes uh, on the NFL radar. Another thing we'll be unveiling at the NUC NFL Draft Bible is the preseason All-Americans. And I just can't begin to tell you how many Ohio State Buckeyes are on that list. And, uh, Joe, it seems like a lot of uh, high-profile SEC Power 5 conference defensive at the end of our rankings, uh, as we go down the list, is that a trend that that continues to develop? Uh, any small school guys we should be on the radar? Who's some guys sticking with the defensive tackle position that we haven't covered yet? Well, just like you mentioned, the the SEC is littered. Not that you know that's a news flash, but even uh, Josh Augusta, Missouri. Uh, Chris Jones from Mississippi State. That guy's relentless. He's just got like one of those wired personalities. He's got a motor that doesn't quit. So I, I definitely like him. Yeah, he's another I care where you put him. He's going to make a difference. Um, I'd say Sheldon Day. I mean, now, hey, uh, Notre Dame, this is my backyard up in South Bend. But uh, the senior is a just a real true leader. He's one of those examples in the weight room, too. He's just uh, been a coach on the field. And I, I think a guy that needed his senior year, and thank, thank the heavens he came back, I think it's going to be a special defense up in South Bend. It also doesn't hurt Sheldon Day graduated from Warren Central here on the east side of Indianapolis. So uh, my alma mater. I've got, got a personal thing for Sheldon Day. But as far as uh, the, the other guy I think we we got to bring up to the table is this Andrew Billings in Baylor. A re- ridiculously strong kid. He's uh, the guy that broke uh, Mark Henry's 22-year-old state record in Texas. It's like a 2,010-pound effort. This guy is—he's uh, real short, squatty, but uh, a space eater in the true definition. Just a, a guy that's not going to give up on leverage. And what he makes—you know—lax and high, he makes up for in base strength. You just do not move him. He redirects you. So I think Andrew Billings is the guy. Uh, he's going to be uh, a big. Star are once we get into the testing phase and NFL draft offseason. You better get ready for the record setter, I think, at the uh, bench press. All right, good nuggets for Joe Everett, never leaving a stone uncovered. Uh, the good Reverend Ralph Mancini and, of course, Rick Saratella here breaking down defensive tackles right now. We'll dive into defensive ends in just a minute. But a couple other guys I want to just mention, throw out to the table Uh, Let's head over to Louisville where Sheldon Rankins, I think this is a guy highly rated by NFL scouts heading into the season. Talk about a 300-pounder that brings pass rushing ability, eight sacks and 13 and a half tackles for a loss uh, just a year ago and 53 tackles. So, uh, you know, some mobility and agility on the interior of the line. Uh, Maybe not a first-round pick, but uh, possibly a day-two selection. And a couple small school guys that I really like, you know, uh, the Auburn transfer, Devontae Sigler from Jacksonville State, uh, big nose tackle, 330-pound fella in the middle, definitely gobbles up space, devours and eats up double teams, someone to be aware of. UCLA has a pair of defensive tackles and Eddie uh, and uh, Clark, both on the NFL radar as well. And uh, one other small school guy to bring out, Louisiana Monroe Johnson, and uh, here's a name you, you might not be familiar with him just yet, but uh, Gerard Johnson, Louisiana Monroe, uh, talk about a presence on the interior. Uh, I believe he had something like 93 
tackles last year, uh, 12 and a half tackles for a loss and, and six sacks. So a small school kid who could get to late round love and, and consideration here in the draft. Now, uh, I do want to uh, tie up any loose ends here at defensive tackle and, and go around the room one more time before we transition into defensive ends. And, you know, Ralph, while we're talking about defensive tackles, I know, uh, you know, the Nittany Lions are, are one uh, area that, that you always have your finger on the pulse and pretty well. This kid, Anthony Zettel, I mean, he's been making a lot of news here in the offseason, uh, tackling trees in the forest, uh, throwing balls uh, 80 yards in the Seems like this kid, I hear, I seen a video of him dunking the ball one-handed. I mean, talk about an overall, uh, Anthony Zettel from uh, Penn State can also play 34 defensive end at the next level. Uh, what's the skinny on this kid? Uh, what do you got here with, with Zettel? Well, you know, Zettel, it does bring that versatility. It does bring the size. It does bring that tenacity that you're looking for. Uh, somebody with great potential. Um, you know, talking about defensive tackles, uh, you know, the, the one guy I'm really high on, it's a guy that Joe bring up before, is a, is a Sheldon Day. Uh, I'm a big Sheldon Day fan, ultra quick off the snap, disruptive force, plays every down, amazing energy. So along with Zettel, uh, I'm also a big Sheldon Day fan as well. All right, I'll throw one other guy and then head it over to Joe for his wrap-up, Darius Hamilton. Another guy who probably a 34 defensive end at the next level does play some interior for Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Of course, his father, Keith Hamilton, uh, Keith Cog in the middle for the Giants for a very long time. Any other guys here, Joe, you want to get in before we uh, transition over to defensive ends? Yeah, one more Malik Collins uh, in Nebraska. Mm. I think he is dominant versus man. He just breaks offensive linemen down and actually has some counter moves. He's got some rips and swims about him, a really nice developed lower half on him, just some natural strength. Uh, shows a pretty decent motor in what I've seen. But what I love about him, it's uh, he really keeps his legs moving through the tackles that I've seen, uh, changes games. I think the junior should be a first-round pick. I mean, from the games I've seen, he is altering how it went for Nebraska. It'll be uh, it's a big you know junior season for him this year. I'm not saying he's in Dominican Sue, but he'll do until Sue gets here. Yeah, Nebraska uh, starting to develop a little bit of a reputation for their defensive tackles, and uh, yeah, this kid Malik Collins. I mean, you know, he's he's as good as anybody if he can fulfill his potential. So there you have it with the defensive tackle breakdown. We'll be posting this list along with all of our rankings over at the uh, new NFL Draft Bible.com. If you want to recommend uh, a player, email me, RIC at NFL Draft Bible.com. If you are a player and want to send me some film or footage, please feel free to do so. Same email. And uh, we're joined by Joe Everett, Ralph Mancini. Going to dive into the defensive ends. If you have a question, uh, not just pertaining to the defensive lines, but a draft question in general, you can dial into the show. 347-945-6275, 347-945-6275. And, of course, as I mentioned earlier in the show, we have the DVD giveaway, uh, NFL jersey giveaway. Use my promo code RIC2015 at the NUCGold.com membership sign-up, and uh, you'll be eligible for that. And uh, we're keeping it moving, keeping it grooving as we dive into the defensive ends. Uh, let's get right into it. Ralph, I'll start off with you. 
let's kick it off here with the top of your big board personal rankings. Who are uh, the top guys here at the defensive end prospects? Well, the top guy here at this position, and it's not even close, it's Joey Bosa out of Ohio State. He plays with the rage and tenacity of a lion, has remarkable leg drive that sort of reminds me of Justin Smith. His ability to accelerate and change directions around blockers just makes him a standout at his position. And he's also a pretty heady guy. He does a solid job of playing contain, not over-pursuing the run. And he also has some moves to him, too. It's not just about brute strength with Joey Bosa. I love his arm over move. I love his raw strength. I love the wrestling moves he employs when he does get to the quarterback. I think we could be looking at the number one overall pick if you're asking about comparisons. Yeah, he does remind me a little bit of Justin Smith, but he also reminds me a little bit of Mario Williams. To me, he's the top overall defensive end in this upcoming class. Yeah, it's uh, hard to argue with that, Rev, and uh, I'd be curious to see what kind of comparisons Joe has in mind because I know a lot of the common name that gets thrown around when you talk about Joey Bosa is the comparison to J.J. Watt. Now, let's be realistic. There's nobody on the planet right now even uh, in the same atmosphere when it comes to J.J. Watt and, and his talent and the uh, really the peak of his career he's in his prime right now and he's doing it better than anybody does it so uh you know it's kind of hard to compare anybody to jj watt but when you break down joey bosa joe what do you see who do you compare him to and who are some of the other top defensive ends that we should be aware of for the upcoming 2016 nfl draft just 288 days away well, Ralph nailed it. I, I swear he's looking at my notes. Mario Williams. That is the play. I mean, he is just insanely big, but at that weight, controls his body so well. I, he's, he is probably the biggest freak in this whole class. That backflip he's got on YouTube is a sensation. He's got the NFL bloodlines to back it up. His uncle was a first-rounder, his father was a first-rounder, and he's going to be a first-rounder. Even his younger brother, who is one of the top prospects right now, he's probably going to be a first-rounder too. Let's just go ahead and build that. But, uh, it, yeah, Bosa is just – he's. Yeah, I think Ralph said it back. He's in a league of his own here. Uh, past that, I mean – it's kind of uh, pick your flavor. Uh, which guys do you like the best? Um, I'm a big Emmanuel Ogba fan, uh, Oklahoma State. He's a redshirt junior, but I think he's got a real nice first step for his size. At 275, he sheds blocks well, too. He can play the run. I think a really strong season last year, if he can build on that, he's uh, well into the first round. And then let's not forget about the seniors. Uh, uh, the other Oregon defensive end, who I like better than Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner. I think he's the bizarro Armstead because he actually pr produced. Uh, you look at some of the production, he's the one making sacks, 81 tackles. He led the defensive line for Oregon. So I, I would much rather have him as opposed to Armstead if I'm the, in a 3-4 defense. I think that guy's just a, a beast. And then mixed opinions. I want to know what you guys think on Sean Oakman, the, the redshirt senior. Uh, I, I just – he really – he had a great bowl game. Look at him. He just manhandled Conklin on some of those past uh, pro reps and even played the run well. Just another guy. He just disrupts things and makes offensive coordinators mad. He's so long and rangy, yet 
I'm hearing whispers. He's not even a first-rounder. He may just be a mid-round pick. So uh, I see yeah. him play. I'm looking at a first-round uh, pick. Tell me tell me, I'm wrong. I, I see yeah, that. that. I see that. I see that, Joe. I mean, you know, you're talking about a guy who's six foot nine, two hundred seventy-five pounds. And he, he just looks freakish. Looks like Magic Johnson in shoulder pads. Very lean. And w- what impresses me about him is his arm length is just astounding. Just as astounding as his height. Uh, nearly seven foot wingspan allows him to gain separation from his blockers. You know, I think some of the reason why maybe some people have doubts about him is that he's not, he's, he's kind of a straight lineish guy in the way he attacks blockers. He's not very agile. You're not going to see a lot of spin moves out of him. Uh, he, he does bring the power, so you like that about him. But he's not, he's not a refined pass rusher, I think. Uh, so he, if he works on that and, and he learns how to bend, how to twist a little bit more, uh, then I, I think that you know, he could be a first-round pick. But I, I think that's up in the air right now. Yeah, you know, the, the, like Joe said, what you're hearing is he received a fourth-round grade from these uh, Blesto National, you know, preseason services and, and definitely first-round potential watch him play. And I think, you know, Joe mentioned after Bosa, it's, it's what's your flavor. And, Ralph, let's talk about some of these senior guys uh, in addition to Oakman couple guys that returned for their uh, senior year. I know uh, Joe mentioned DeForest Buckner from Oregon, who's been on your radar for, for quite some time. I remember you talking about him a couple years ago. Also, uh, Shalik Calhoun from Michigan State, guy from my neck of the woods here in Jersey, Jersey Strong, uh, reportedly received a first-round grade this past year and could have declared early, but decided to return for a senior season. And the Spartans, they're pretty stacked and reloaded. What can you tell us about some of these senior prospects? Well, I agree with Joe. I think the Forrest Buckner is my number two guy behind Bosa. There's no question about that. Uh, strong man, strong hands. He's no Deion Jordan. He's going to roll up his sleeves, and he's going to fight you. Um, as far as Shalit Calhoun goes, I think you know he has the ability to make big game-changing plays. We've seen that. Uh, but I, I don't think he's there yet, you know. Uh, I don't think he's a surefire first-round pick. I don't think he's close to being that yet. Um, he's got to do a better job of getting off of blocks. You know, I, I, when you watch him a lot of times, when blockers square up on Calhoun, he tends to get manhandled. I, I think he's going to need to add some weight to his 250-pound frame. He needs to get stronger. I do like his length. And Calhoun also does a great job of playing the run. Uh, he seals the edge on the perimeter very well. He moves well. He can rush from the right or the left. Um, but I, I think that he needs to become a, a more refined uh, pass rusher. But I think the biggest thing with him is just got to get bigger and stronger. That's the biggest thing with him. Um, you know, maybe some of the other guys here that I'm looking at as well is uh, Daddy Nicholas. Is a, is a very, very impressive uh, pass rusher, uh, kind of on the small side, only 236 pounds, but he, he has 4-5 speed. He's a very well-coordinated athlete. He moves very well up and down the line. He can bend that corner with his impressive ankle flexion, and uh, he has the ability to, to redirect and pursue ball carriers. The thing with him, though, is that he's primarily an outside speed rusher, and he needs to develop more inside moves if he wants to be 
more than just a situational guy at the next level. Um, another interesting player that I'm going to be keeping my eye on is Devontae Fields. He was suspended for all of 2014. Uh, now he's transferred over to Louisville. Um, but, you know, as we remember with him, we're, we're looking at a former Big 12 freshman of the year. He is a tremendous speed rusher, moves well in space, agile, flexible. He can twist. He can spin around opponents. Um, but he does need to work on his power game. So he's another one of these players that needs to get bigger, stronger. But you love his aggressiveness and you love his big wingspan. And, uh, you know, another interesting player, I'll bring up one more, one more player. He's caught my eye is uh, Hunter Dimmick out of Utah. I kind of call him the baby-faced assassin. Uh, he formed quite a duo with Nate Orchard in 2014. They both combined for 28 sacks. Number 49 has tremendous hands, uh, maybe some of the strongest hands I've seen uh, in college football. Uh, he's also one of the more complete ends. He plays with proper technique. He sets the edge. He could collapse the pocket on run plays. He was just fantastic last year. He incorporated a couple of new moves to his past rushing repertoire. And, uh, you know, the question with him is, can he replicate that type of performance he had last year without Nate Orchard on the other side? Yeah, you know, uh, talk about babyface for sure. Hunter Dimmick, don't get fooled by it. The 10 sacks last year and uh, definitely a guy on the rise. Pac-12, honorable mention. But he's been starting, uh, or at least uh, a partial starter, since his freshman season. So definitely a guy under the radar there at uh, the University of Utah, the Utes. And uh, definitely a good one there by Rev. Of course, Devontae Fields, who you mentioned, started off at TCU. Had a pit stop at Trinity Valley Community College, now at Louisville. And, uh, our live feed is going to wrap up in about a minute or so. So if you do get cut off on the live feed... This show will be archived and, and uh, be available in its entirety uh, following the show in about 15 minutes or, or, or so. So uh, if you do get cut off, log on to uh, NUCSports.com or right here on blogtalkradio.com for the archive show. And you can catch all of our archives on the All Access Football channel here on Blog Talk Radio. So if you like what you hear, please click subscribe. We appreciate all your support. And do all you can to uh, support us over at NUCGold.com. Promo code RIC2015. Get your 20% discount. And uh, for today's show, if you email me your transaction ID, if you do the monthly membership, we'll give you the Giants Super Bowl DVD. If you do the annual membership, we'll give you a choice of a Nike NFL jersey. So just email me, RIC at NFLDraftBible.com. Time to reset the show for uh, Joe's uh, remainder top prospects at the defensive end position for the upcoming 2016 NFL draft and beyond. Uh, Ralph uh, took us pretty deep there, Joe. Curious to hear some of the other guys on your radar. What do you got for us here? I'll give you a couple of seniors and a couple of small schools. Uh, Bronson Koafusi at BYU. Uh, just a, you know, this should be the first guy off the bus. Just looks like a football player. He may transition to stand-up outside linebacker, but that program's putting some good defenders out in the league, so I think he's definitely in the conversation for mid-rounds. Um, uh, I think Charles Tapper, though, he's a day-two pick from out of Oklahoma, that, and he's a real team leader, 
Another guy just leads by example, lives in the backfield, dominates his one-on-ones. Uh, this is a big senior year for him. I'm, I'm hoping to see both Tapper and Kofusi at the uh, Senior Bowl. And as far as small schools, Noah Spence, where are you? Uh, dismissed from OSU. Um, he's got that athleticism. Maybe another guy that's a stand-up pass rusher, but like his instincts, love the first step. He's going to be playing his football at Eastern Kentucky now. So keep your eyes on Spence. I mean, it, this could be a big year for him. Hopefully he play his way back into the good grace of the league. And then uh, Central Arkansas gave us Desmond Lewis last year, the wide receiver. They've got another prospect, Jonathan Woodard, just a huge six foot six frame, the redshirt senior. He's been a star since day one, uh, all Southland conference freshman of the year. He's the Buck Buchanan award watch list last year should be this year. And another guy, it's a big senior season for Jonathan Woodard, but don't sleep on that central Arkansas kid. He's going to, he's going to get in the backfield and that's a guy uh, have no doubt he's he's definitely on the nfl radar you know that's an interesting prospect jonathan woodard and i know that's someone also on your radar ralph anything else you can tell us about the small school prospect because uh, i know our audience really likes when we dive into some of the small school prospects in uh, central arkansas putting themselves on the nfl matt what can you tell us about this kid well, Jonathan Woodard, uh, he does have that NFL size that you're looking for, 271 pounds, around 6'5", 6'6", somewhere in that area. And he's scheme versatile. So he's played in the 3-4, he's played in the 4-3, and he makes plays by using his, his extraordinary quickness and large wingspan. And he's also a heady defender who specializes in forcing fumbles once he gets to his man. So this kid's a playmaker, 25 career sacks. Yeah, definitely a name you need to know, and uh, that's what we like to do here at the NFLDraftBible.com and a couple other guys here to be on your radar. Uh, Hutchinson Community College uh, transfer, Markavius Lewis. If you heard uh, Steve Spurrier speak the other day at the SEC Media Day, big-time expectations for this kid. Looked pretty good in spring ball, uh, primed for a bust-out season, as is Shaq Lawson from Clemson. And then a couple of sophomores, I don't know if you guys have any opinions about these two guys, but Miles Garrett from Texas oh, yeah. A&M, only a sophomore, but the way he's going, looking like a potential future first-round pick. And, Joe, we've said it in the past, almost every show or every other show, those volunteers down in Tennessee, a lot of people predicting them to win uh, uh, the SEC this year. I don't know how possible that is, but Derek Barnett, I mean, you talk about uh, upside. Uh, he might be the definition of that. Oh, clearly. And, you know, the more heralded to recruit was actually Miles Garrett, but Barnett piled up production on a bad team, too. So that kind of really shines on what kind of talent he has. Ten sacks for the volunteers. I like that, overshadowed by a poor season, but all his ten sacks came against SEC opponents. That speaks volumes about what kind of player Derek Barnett is and where his arrows pointed uh, firmly up. But nothing against Miles Garrett. This kid is just, uh, he looks like Jason Pierre-Paul almost, uh, sans fireworks. But tremendous range, plays with his hair on fire, 
some games you see him, he just takes it over. I don't see that game to game, but he has that potential to be a, a special pass rusher. And I think both these kids, uh, top 10 picks potentially, they've shown me enough to where uh, I, I wouldn't have a problem investing a day one pick in, in either of them. Without a doubt. And, you know, one other hard to put on your radar, I wouldn't be doing my job if I wasn't doing my homework here in my backyard, and that's uh, Kamoko Toroy. Rutgers and you know aside from the flat top this kid's got it going on uh talk about a special teams demon I mean just about every game Rutgers plays this kid is blocking a kick on special teams now he is a little bit raw has a lot long ways to go in terms of his development as a pass rusher but just a sophomore and if this kid puts it all together I think he's going to be a special rare talent I think he has more upside and, and potential than any player on the Rutgers uh, defensive side of the ball. He might not even start heading into the season, but like I said, this kid's potential is untapped. I'm really looking uh, forward to seeing how he develops with his progress. Now, a couple other guys I'll throw out there. Drew Ott from Iowa, a senior that's rated pretty highly, as well as uh, Corey Marshall from Virginia Tech, James Kowser from Southern Utah. Uh, just some other guys to be aware of. And a uh, kid down in Florida at Jacksonville State, LaMichael Fanning, another small school prospect to be aware of. So uh, just want to make sure we cover all our bases. And Carl Lawson from Auburn, a one-time uh, first-round pick in, in many people's eyes, uh, he'll be looking for a big bounce-back year. So I think we went pretty deep here. Uh, with the defensive linemen, with the, the tackles and ends. Uh, I'll open up to either one of you guys. Just jump in if you have any other guys uh, you want to throw in uh, before we wrap up the defensive line preview show, Joe or Ralph, uh, anybody else you want to get in? Yeah, uh, one one uh, player, I'm not sure if you mentioned him or not, Jonathan Bullard out of Florida. Um, he is a combination defensive end, defensive tackle, uh, very quick guy, very good at the point of attack. Um, however, you know, injuries forced him to play out of position. He played defensive tackle in 2013, but more of a defensive end, in my opinion. A uh, very promising guy. I'm going to keep an eye on uh, 6'3", 271 pounds out of Florida. Yeah, and, you know, uh, down in Gainesville, there's uh, another player you should be aware of, too, probably viewed as more an outside linebacker prospect at the next level, but is playing defensive end for the Gators. That's Brian Cox Jr. And you might remember his father uh, was uh, played for numerous teams in the NFL, the Dolphins, the Jets, uh, I think the Patriots as well. But intensive, uh, in-your-face kind of guy. I believe he's coaching now. And uh, Brian Cox Jr., definitely a guy to be on your radar, as well as Victor Ochi from Stony Brook, another guy here in my backyard Big-time pass rusher, a lot of sacks last year. Victor Ochi from Stony Brook, another one of these defensive end uh, conversion guys that projects that outside linebacker. And, you know, that's where we will dive into on the next podcast when we break down the outside and inside linebacker prospects from around the nation. Of course, the uh, Butkus Award and Outland Trophy watch lists announced this past week can get all those watch lists over at the NFLDraftBible.com. And, of course, uh, I mentioned about the international flavor and some of the things 
going on with the NFL, NFL's long-term plans with their international markets expanding into uh, the Germany market and, and uh, possibly Brazil and Mexico. Some of the things that are going on might shock you. And there is really a long-term plan here for the NFL to expand their international audience. Uh, I'm going to be bringing you some of those things uh, to be aware of and on the lookout for. So uh, some very interesting nuggets I think you'll find from that article this week. Of course, the Bill Polian piece should be up uh, within uh, the, today or tomorrow. Of course, Bill Polian conducting a uh, NFL conference call, and we asked him his opinion about uh, a future developmental league. And, you know, we do have a few minutes here quickly, maybe a minute or two from each of you guys. Uh, Jim Fossil yesterday, very quick to point out that the NFL could have a developmental league as soon as uh, next season. Bill Polian echoing those thoughts and, and uh, really feeling like the NFL is lacking a developmental league. On the flip side, uh, they have a free developmental league with the uh, NCAA uh, college football season. And I know that one of the concerns Polian expressed in the conference call today was the fact of spread offenses and how they're just ruining the development of, of quarterbacks. And uh, I think he pointed out to the old NFL Europe League where quarterbacks could develop and and even coaches too, a guy like Jim Tom Sula who hails from uh, NFL Europe. But uh, quickly here, I'll give you guys each a minute or two to give your thoughts on the potential of the NFL endorsing a developmental league and how realistic is it? Do you think it's going to happen? Do you not think it's going to happen? How quickly can it happen? Ralph, I'll ask you first your thoughts on an NFL developmental league. Well, first of all, I do think there's a need for it because, you know, there are a lot of uh, – players drafted in the seventh rounds or even, you know, priority free agents who, you know, they really don't have much of a chance to prove themselves or establish themselves at the NFL level. You know, if they don't impress, impress immediately, a lot of times, you know, these guys are out on the street. And so, yeah, I think it's a, I think there's a real need for a type of developmental league that, you know, could serve as a training ground for a lot of these players that, that do need the reps, that do need the time to develop into NFL-ready players. Do I think it's going to happen? I think eventually it is going to happen, also because uh, there's, uh, there's a hunger out there for football. You know, people, the more football you could give them, I think they'll just gobble it up. So, and, and, you know, fans do want to know about some of these smaller school guys, these off-the-radar guys, and so I think it's, it is going to happen, and I think it should happen. Yeah, the hunger is certainly there. But, Joe, I mean, when we take a look at the previous track record, I mean, we've seen it all from the XFL, the UFL. Now you got the FXFL, the Fall Experimental Football League. And, you know, it seems like the NFL has refused to embrace these type of leagues. What's the deal? What's your take on it? Is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Uh, shed some perspective, Joe. Well, if it's a question of whether it's cost-effective or not, no, clearly uh, it's not. But with the NFL doing better than it ever has, there is potential for us having some success. Uh, I think it's going to happen. It's just a few years away. But I agree with Ralph. We need this. I mean, it, think of how much this would clean up preseason. 
what what these coaches want to see is how players react in a certain scheme, in a certain scenario, and they just can't get that in, in this college game tape that we have. I mean, these defensive players arrive and all they knew how just all they know to do is run in a nickel. And that's about the extent of it because of all these spread offenses and reacting to a read option is uh, more key than anything. But, yeah, the, the clear benefits would be quarterback development, offensive linemen uh, developing. And let's just be honest. I mean, that's why a lot of these old linemen are staying in school by and large because you need to develop. It is a man sport, and I think a developmental league would help that so much more, and specifically defensive schemes. Like running some of these exotic on-front packages that you see in the NFL, I mean, not, not all the time does that happen at, at college. And, you know, some of the more physical even fronts, it's, yeah, this is definitely needed and a long time coming. And I'm one of those guys, hey, I miss NFL Europe and the XFL. It gave us he hate me. Come on. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the the rejuvenation of Tommy Maddox. and uh, But, you know, just quick follow-ups there. I mean, he did also point out that this was a good developmental program for NFL referees and grooming future referees. And he said the cost of uh, per NFL team to fund NFL Europe was just $800,000 per franchise. Now, it sounds like a lot of money to us. Players, sports.com, position reviews will be with the Lime Show coming up. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook for all the latest and greatest updates. Contact us for any info I see at draftbible.com, and we'll next time, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.